Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast Season 5. Never forget that to the best of us, protection's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. Enjoy. Boom. What's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here. Another podcast. We're going to be rolling into some spooky stuff, man. I've got Tom Ryan of Asymmetric Response. How you doing, sir? How's it going, Byron? I'm good. I'm good, man. I, uh... Spend a lot of time trying to be a tough guy, you know, Marine Corps, all this stuff. But there is one thing I've always been freaked out by, man, and it's you digital guys. <laughs> it's the digital guys, man. It was an honor to have you on here. No, it's an honor. It was also great meeting you at the conference back in December, so. Absolutely, absolutely. We're gonna drop that little conversation we had too here to the game shortly. You know, I think what we're about to talk about with cybersecurity and the digital realm of life that everyone now has to deal with is relevant to everyone security related just everyone's life it's it's part of our lives that we all have to really look at and um so i think there's gonna be some stuff in here for everyone you sent me some articles about spooky things that you're able to do or that others may be able to do that honestly man i had no idea people could <laughs> you know it's scary knowing people can do it you know so it's yeah good what would you say i mean we're gonna get into in this podcast guys uh people being able to 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 get into your life in a number of different ways hacking cars we might talk about some super yacht action um your bio medical equipment these things are vulnerable uh to the right people and uh tom ryan's the guy who's been able to really help uh, the good guys, but understand how to do these types of, I guess, penetrations into people's lives and equipment. So we're about to go deep, man. First question I always ask right off the bat is who are you at your core? And, and you can do it all from that hotel room. I know it. I, I can just feel it, man. I love it. This is good. Who are you at your core, though? Who's the guy behind the computer, you know, that, that can... Now, who's the geek behind the computer? So think of me as a guy who's forced well, I wouldn't say I was forced. So I was third generation Navy. So my grandfather, fathers, uncles, then I went in the Navy. Just like every veteran, when we get out, we don't know what the hell to do. Right. All right. So like, well, what do we do? What are we best at? And I got out in a weird time. So it's like, you go what you're good at. So I played the same game everybody else does. You know, I can do security. I played bouncer for a while. Mm. It gets boring. And then I said, you know what? I started to see the internet rise. I'm like, that was back in 95 when I started focusing on that. And then I'm like, oh, great. There's no schools for this. So I have to teach myself everything. Yeah. I uh, got into that. I uh, started off as a web developer. And then it was in 99. This is the part that's going to make you laugh. Hmm. I was a developer at Scholastic, you know, the children's publishing company. Okay. Uh, we were launching the first Harry Potter website and it got hacked. Oh, <laughs> the first Harry Potter website, man. You're right. Place yes. Right. <clears throat> and then from that, it was all, all forward. So then there was another Chinese American hack award that a lot of people didn't know about because they didn't know what it was. Yeah. But back then it was a lot different than how it is now. It was like graffiti. Okay. It's like site defacement. You know, you go, you do this, you do that. Because there wasn't e-commerce and wanted to be stolen or trade secrets to be stolen. So that's how I got my start. And then I started going off to a bunch of hacker conferences, learning about that. Started off at this place, DEF CON in Vegas in 99. 
Okay. You know, and a lot of those connections I made back then are still connections I have now. Um, and we've all branched off doing our own different things. Wow. You know, and then it was just so easy back then. It was so easy. And nowadays, I think it's becoming easy again because, really? yeah, because it's, uh, everything is electronic. That's why. Hmm. Okay. And people are like, yeah, I just bought this. Okay. Did you secure it? Nope. What do you mean secure it? I bought an iPhone. It's not hackable. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're like, sure. Are you sure? Oh, I got an Android. I'm like, oh, really? Thank you. What's your phone number? What's your email address? I got a little surprise for you. Jeez, uh, <laughs> man. And I mean, that's what we've all been sold and told. But yeah, I mean, I guess with any system, the human is always the weakest link. I think it's more of the lack of knowledge is the weakest link. That's okay. The because the average everyday human isn't expected to know cybersecurity. Right. Like, if I were to show you half the stuff that goes on, you'd be like, damn, you'd probably feel like you were back in the Marines and in intelligence and like, man, I know all this stuff, but I can't talk about it. Yeah. That's essentially what it boils down to. And then when there are major catastrophes that happen, you're like, why isn't this on the news? Right. Like there's one hacker exploit that came out back in December of 2021 called log for shell It right. literally had about 60% of every device on the internet exploitable. Wow. 60% of, of everyone's devices. I mean, everyone. Golly, yeah. every device, every device I have is almost connected to the internet. It feels like. Yeah. So it you're, matter. you know, computers, your mail servers, your camera systems, your, you name it. Wow. That's scary. You're like a, you're like a, you're like a different type of war veteran or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what we do, trust me, if you, I was talking to a couple other people like that at some point, you know, I, I had a business back in 2010 where I tried to merge the two together, cyber and physical. Yeah, I got laughed at a lot because hmm. of the different fiefdoms. Okay. Physical security reports to facilities, which reports to HR and cyber reports up to the CISO, which reports to the CIO. Hmm. But they never sat back and realized, wow, all this stuff is all connected together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I tried that because before that, my entry point to everything was voice over IP phones and camera systems. I really? mean, we were taking over casinos that way. Taking over casinos. When you say yes. taking over casinos, like what does that mean exactly to the layman? Uh, getting on the corporate network and having access to every system they have to systems that would tell me where every person in the casino is at the current time. It's like a superpower. <laughs> Jeez. Man. Okay. And, and, and it was literally a two-person team. It's not like you're watching in Hollywood and it's Ocean's Eleven. No, this was a two-person team. Wow. Boom, if you've been enjoying the podcast, I want to encourage you to come and train with me. Train with us, the League of Executive Protection Specialists. We offer online courses so you can train and learn how to take your executive protection career to the next level from the comfort of your own home. Uh, we offer on-ground training on everything from the hard skills of driving, shooting, medical, um, and into the soft skills through the executive protection immersion course which 
is one of the most experiential, learning-centric courses in the executive protection industry. Either way, I want you to become part of the golden standard in the private security industry and join the brotherhood, the League of Executive Protection Specialists. Go to epspecialist.com and let's do our careers together. I'll see you there. Out. I, I read something about us being far behind. Where is America like stack up in the cyber game? Are we contenders or are we kind of behind other nations in terms of our capabilities or protection yeah. here? Yeah, that depends on how you look at it because you have to remember over in America, we classify a lot of things. Mm. And they're going based on what is publicly known. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that's not publicly known. So there are some things where our capabilities far exceed our adversaries. Mm-hmm. But our adversaries, when it comes to a surveillance, you know, scenario, you know, that's something altogether different. Now, stop and think of it. You run an executive protection team. Okay. Right. Now you may have, say you're protecting, say, a home office. Mm-hmm. They may be doing business overseas in certain countries. Well, what's your process for all their electronic devices? Because Mm -hmm. as soon as they bring those electronic devices back and plug it into their home network, now it could make them vulnerable. Okay. So is there a process for that? You know, do you have backups? Do you, you know, here, these are your deployment ones. These are your work from home ones. You know, when these machines come back, they're getting wiped. You're not accessing your email. You're not accessing this this way. You're not, you know, what's the protocols? That's a perfect scenario because that's how a lot of our IP gets stolen. Okay. okay you connect to a Wi-Fi, you know, maybe in Russia mm-hmm. or maybe you're in the wrong hotel in Monaco mm-hmm. while you're out on your super yacht or whatever. You know, there's every scenario you could think of. Because, and I, I don't know about you, but I could tell you all the geeks in my world, when we go in a rental place, we go with a whole kit. So mm-hmm. we may have cameras, we may have everything because we trust no one. And that's right. probably the biggest thing. I mean, when it comes to trust, trust is earned. Right. It's never. Right. And every time you, every time you hop on someone else's network or use any of their kind of, you know, their Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, maybe even. These things are what are what are making people vulnerable. Right. Um, so, what would you say, just a high level skim across, like some safety protocols for teams that are out there or for civilians that are moving around our world? How would they begin to think about protecting themselves? So, protection teams. One thing I learned that I was a little shocked at: a lot of you guys use WhatsApp. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. There's a Forgetting lot. WhatsApp's owned by Facebook. Right. Absolutely. Uh, right. So Facebook. And then also go down the rabbit hole and then I'll get my next one. No, I'm just saying that that's one scenario. Okay. Because one, you're basically giving all your information to a social media company. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't always want that given because everybody forgets, hey, guess who else has access to it? Well, every federal agency out there. Yeah. Okay, so never forget that. I mean, always know what to say in a text message and what to say on a phone call or face to face. If you notice, that's why so many politicians have meetings face to face. Okay, they're not going to sit there and text it to each other. I can't remember seeing a politician's text messages being dumped. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, out of everything like that, you have to think like, you know, famous word we heard from the military and we still deal with it now, situational awareness. Yeah, and this applies to the digital world as well as the physical world. Right, because everybody forgets all these apps have a microphone. And if you've ever noticed, I'll get a perfect example. You ever start talking about something in a conversation and then you go on your Instagram and you get the ads that pop up about what you were talking about? To be honest, man, I've had ones where I don't even think I, I had one that creeped me out a few months ago where I just was, um, it was one of those little massage things, like the little, like stupid little ball massage things. I was in the proximity with it and I was like, man, that felt pretty good. I got to get one of those. Never. I don't even think we said the name of it and it popped up on my Instagram and I was like, <laughs> geolocation. That's why. Ah, uh, yeah. I think actually, I think about from that. All right, geofencing is a major thing, okay? Even in your world, the EP world, mm-hmm. okay? You know, so you know your, you know your principles are going to a specific place. Right. All right? With that, you want to know everything that's going on in that area. You right. ever use the Citizens app? Uh-huh, yeah. I use Citizens all the time. You know all the crimes going on everywhere around you. Mm-hmm. All right? You think every, you ever imagine if you could use all of that data and know what everybody's saying? at all times there's tools out there that can do that wow i mean that's just access to so much information Um, right so you want to focus on does somebody know my principles in this location what are they saying is this person on a blacklist or whatever because i've dealt with cases where principals have had their kids have a stalker Mm -hmm. okay so you do a little osint your open source intel you find out everything about them you're not going to do anything immediately until, you know, there's a situation. But you're going to know their usernames. You're going to know when they're in the vicinity because nobody ever leaves without their phone. Right. Well, I mean, I feel like every executive protection team now has to have an OSINT capability. It's like it's kind of a must for, you know, a security team now. I mean, if you're getting especially if your clients have a social media profile file, I feel like the the offensive capabilities of a security team are huge there. You know, most of our residential teams, they're looking at comments being made and just doing like a top level OSINT kind of um, looking into anything or anyone that is, is, you know, saying anything that stands above the baseline of what is expected. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's kind of should be the standard, I think, for for those guys that are at the residence or for any team that's got some downtime. Um, not even that. Think of it from when you're doing event security, same thing. Mm-hmm. So, say your principal's going to speak at a conference, right? All right, you essentially want a list of all the attendees beforehand, mm-hmm. okay? And you're going to do a little OSINT on pretty much anyone that's attending. First right. thing you do is scan, scan through or any of these guys, you know, people that we don't like, right? Okay, you know, because maybe they have like a little clash. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to set up an avoidance technique or have certain keywords if, you know, this is the trigger word. If they say this, okay, it's time to move on. Right. You know, you always have to have scenarios like that because I tried that. So my when I had my business, my partner was former Secret Service. Mm-hmm. So we got to do a lot of advanced details. Nice. We tried to combine the two. So we were doing, and this is back in, just started, we started that one back in 2009. Wow. 
and we were taking up all that intel. That's back when I did Robin Sage stuff, uh-huh. showing all the dangers of the social media. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. Right. And then when you start going down that rabbit hole, it's like, wow. Right. Because you get to see firsthand, like, you know, what really goes on. Now, the protection side, I didn't want it to. I was sitting there watching the Secret Service guys. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I remember one specific one we were doing. We we did the advanced detail for um, Bush and Clinton that were speaking at my uh, customer's conference. Mm-hmm. So we gave them the playbook. Here's everything. Here are the people attending, blah, blah, blah. And in order for you to be invited to this event, you had to have over 400 million in assets in this particular financial company. Lightweights, bunch of lightweights. Lightweights, that's it. And sure enough, like everything else, there's always something that happens that nobody ever hears about in the news. Right. But that's the way it is. And then you get to see what they're like, their personalities are like. It's a different experience. And I was honored to actually have my picture taken with both of them at the same time. Wow. Yeah, I saw some pretty, I saw I saw. I showed it to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. You said that there's things that happen that no one talks about. Why do you think no one talks about these things? Is it just? It's the profession. Hmm. I could tell you right now we're dealing with an incident. We know of a major company that's been breached. We just can't find the head of their security to let them know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So we have our own little Intel groups that all work cohesively on the back end that, okay, we found this. Who do we know that works here? We need to get in touch with them, get their PGP keys, you know, send them this encrypted because, you know, last thing we do is want the news to jump on this. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about the um, Robin Sage work that you did. You know, the dangers of social media. (laughs) Just creepy, you know. I mean, oh, come on, dude. It, on I mean, media, you know? <laughs> the, funny, the funny part of that is when you turn around, and you look at it, the first red flag should have been the name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nobody picked up on that one, shockingly enough. All they did was focus on the beautiful girl behind the picture. All right. Now, from an OSIN perspective, if you would have looked at it, the only, peop- the only people named Robin Sage were males over 60. Interesting. And here you have an attractive female in their 20s. If you look at how she looks, she said she worked for <laughs> uh, Netwarcom, which was the Navy version of the Cyber Command at the time. Mm-hmm. All right. It was all done purposely like that to see who do you really focus on who you connect to on social media? Yeah. Because is, is that person real or not? And that was always mm-hmm. a question I asked. You know, are they real or not? I mean, everybody goofed around with me asking, is your name real? You know, I'm like, it's so generic. I said, no, nah, dude, it's a WITSEC name. You know, as a joke, because you do background checks on Tom Ryan's and everyone has to ask a million questions. You know, I've learned that we've looked for some people that have common names. And man, if it's just if you want to disappear, like I feel like having a common name is very valuable and makes you really hard to find <laughs> if you want to disappear. We've had some some Latin, some some uh, Latin guys, some Mexican guys we've had to look up and it's just like, you know, yep. they have a lot of the same names, man. <laughs> and so it takes so much work to tease out the right people. Um, 
It's interesting. Never a dull moment, especially in this world, because, uh, man, the number of breaches that have happened so far this year, it's uh, this year has been an interesting year and it's a continuing, uh, continuing escapade. It feels like we're getting at least two public ones a week. Two public of the. So what does a person do or what can a, what can, you know, a service provider even do to secure? Um, an individual or a family is it just what would you say to that because i know that people are listening and they're just like i mean these companies we trust are getting breached we also don't know the do's and don'ts like i can teach real world situational awareness but the the digital situational awareness you know like how does someone protect themselves uh it's kind of simple one never use your real info okay whenever you're registering for these sites Okay, everybody wants the thing is everybody wants something for free. So the first thing they do is sign up for rewards points. Well, do you put your real information in there? It's hmm. problem number one. Okay. Okay. So I always tell people you want to join rewards points, use a Google Voice number. Okay. Something as simple as that. And never use that Google Voice number for anything else but rewards points. Hmm. Okay. Okay, this way when you're using it, it's not tracked back to you. Don't even plug it to your phone so they can't do geolocation or anything else like that. What you're going to do is you're going to automate it and have you send a text once a week so that Google doesn't turn it off. Right. Okay. Um, So that's one quick way. Other quick things to do is do use your real home address. Avoid that at all costs. Apparently. <laughs> wow. All right. Other, uh, another good quick tip I tell people, especially in your space, hmm. buy a domain name, set up an email forwarder on it. Hmm. Okay. And then define each site that you're plugging it into. So in your case, it would be byron.linkedin at say, I'm a badass.com. And have that forwarded to your real email address so they don't have your real email address. Okay. Uh And then you do that for everything. So then Byron.Instagram, Byron.Facebook, scenarios like that. Okay. And don't even let people know you have that domain name. Okay. Okay. Other things I always tell people whenever you're doing, whenever you're registering your information, like domain names. Yeah. Use a honeypot name. Okay, use a fake persona for it for the sole purpose of if anybody ever calls the company looking for that person's name, mm-hmm. you now know that it's most likely a social engineer attack mm. because that's not on any of your public records. Interesting. Right? You have to you have to think. I always tell people you have to think like a criminal. Right. That's why everybody goes, Are you a white hat? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Are you a black hat? I say, no, not a criminal. I'm not Mr. I'm all high and glory. I always tell them a gray hat because you don't know how to do it unless you've actually encountered criminals. Right. So the the theory or the tactic is you kind of need to have something between you and your real information at all times as often as possible. That's right. Protect your even burner addresses. I mean, don't even use the real address. Have a go-to burner address. You guys already do that for the principles when you're checking packages, right. but never use your real address. 
because one time I found a principal's actual location yeah. because he put his real address on his um, well, on his hunting license. Mm. Okay. Everything else went to his fake address, but his hunting license went to his real address. Uh, okay. What can someone like you do if they get it? Because I know, you know, most people don't think twice about putting their phone number into the computer that's asking why you're signing up for something. Yeah. What can a hacker do with someone's phone number? So I always tell people, the mo- what are the most valuable pieces of information? Okay, your most valuable piece of information is your resume. Hmm. From an OSIN perspective, you can find out everything you've ever said on the internet from a resume. Really? Yes. I've ever said on everything. The second most valuable thing you hand everybody is your business card. Hmm. Because if you've ever done true OSIN, all you need is name, email, and phone number, and that's it. And you can, and those are your handles. Right. So every job you had, you'll know the format of your email address at every job you had. That's why a resume is a little bit more dangerous. So do you put all your real information on your LinkedIn? Another perfect example. Because guess what? They're data brokers. They're selling your information. Yeah. I mean, I I tell everybody, dude, follow Pat McNamara and say you went to University of Badassery or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just put University of Hard Knocks on my LinkedIn. It's because I never went to a university. I was old school. Old school, you get out of high school, you go into military. Yeah. You get to work. Now it's like, now it's like, oh, I'm gonna go for my undergrad and then my master's and I'm gonna live in mommy's basement. Yeah, right. And then I'm gonna wonder why my employer wants me to have job experience. <laughs> Doesn't want to hire me after I spent all that money. Right. <laughs> well, good luck. Okay. So always try to use basically create um strategies that just keep you not having to give them real real information sounds like a lot of work but it's not once like, you create those personas yeah you just literally embed it in your browser and have it click autofill and it autofills in yeah mm-hmm. huh okay awesome and then you only you only put your billing stuff in on your billing stuff because that's only saved for billing purposes. Most of the time, the billing stuff isn't even saved. It's going directly to the card processor. Okay. I, I think let's get deeper into this, the uh, the dangers of social media article. Can you explain uh-huh. it for everyone who, was, uh, who, who didn't get it? All right. So I'll make it easy on you. So you're a likable guy. You love your picture taken. Great. Now, guess what? Uh, and, and I always look at this because, you know, a lot of times the problems come down with the, on the women. Yeah. All right. So guess what? Every picture you take has a lot of data, what's called EXIF data. So if you would download, like, say, an EXIF uh, viewer, you'll mm-hmm. see all the, da- all the data that's inside that image. So it will have your geolocation. It yeah. will have date timestamps. It will have your phone make and model. Okay. It'll have the software version on your phone. It'll tell the camera, the software used to take the picture, all that stuff. Why is that important? So that model number is actually going to tell you who your phone provider is also, which most people don't know. Once you know your phone provider, now guess what? I'm going to go and look and see if I can do maybe a SIM swap on your phone. SIM swapping is like when people hijack your phone number. 
or or like you have to get the phone to do a sim swap or are we just able to do this oh one? no dude there's, there's a bunch of little magic behind that <laughs> then the other thing a lot of people don't know about is well every time there's a breach well was my email address compromised okay so there's sites out there that will tell you that uh-huh, yeah. um, if it's been compromised guess what and you haven't changed your password hacker just looks up your email address and boom that's how come you hear a lot of people's iCloud accounts getting hacked. Mm, yep. One thing. The other thing is they're not using what's called two-factor authentication. Mm. Right? To me, two-factor authentication is using an authenticator. It's not an email. It's not a text. Because guess what? If it's a text SIM swap, I'll get your I'll get your authenticator. If it's an email, if I've compromised your email, now I have access to everything you have. So those are the things you would put that two-factor authenticator on. Okay. Okay. There's lots of lots of lovely tricks you can do there. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, and then the hardest part is teaching people that teaching people that don't want to do it, or if you make them unable to take a picture for like 30 seconds, they get upset. What do you mean? Like you just don't let if you're like, <laughs> oh wait, I have to do the security stuff to take a picture? Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. turning this off. Is there any way, how can you, I know there's a setting on the phone I've heard, but like, so if you want to post a photo, you know, um, how do you wipe that information before posting it? How? They also have exif erasers. There we go. So you can actually purge that data. Okay. I mean, if they were smart, somebody would, you know, everybody loves using filters. I'd find a way to do a filter that wipes your exif data while you're doing the filter to make you look pretty. Yeah. I've heard you can run your photos through uh, different apps. They can they can scrub that data, um, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know there was actual EXIF data scrubbers. Um, yeah, things like that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, think of it now. Think of it from a counterintelligence perspective. Mm-hmm. If you can go in and mo- if you're not good on the forensic side of the house, you can modify the date and time you were actually there. Yeah, and send them in the wrong direction. Correct. Okay, okay. Good stuff, good stuff. Are you, what? so what are you doing in the world now, these days? Uh, I've been kind of laying low. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was, I've done a bunch of interesting projects. Nowadays, I'm working a lot on deep fakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, a deep fake is if I want to become Byron, I can become Byron. All I need is three seconds of his voice. Three seconds of my, my voice is all over. They got thousands of videos running at right now as we speak. <laughs> right. But that's the point. Now say now say you think you're secure, mm-hmm. but your daughter has an Alexa in her room. Okay. And you have an Amazon account. And I hack your Amazon account. The Amazon account will take over to your Alexa account. Odds are you were in your daughter's room where you talked at least once. I take that down. I, I could take that and I can make audio of you. Now, think of what that can do. Think of your bank accounts when they want to call you. Now I can type in real time all the words that I wanted to say. And the deep fake will say these words in bank account person voice. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Man, that's like some digital social engineering stuff. No, I mean, you, you see it nowadays every every day. So there was a couple of apps that came out. 
Um, so volley was the one I was talking about that you could do the voice is one scenario. Other scenarios are you downloading people's voice. I mean, you saw it all the time with the Trump impersonations. Yeah. You know, and then they'll run it through like a, a Descript platform and make him say whatever they wanted. Um, so wait, hold on. Trump impersonations? They were oh, doing you, you haven't seen those on TikTok? Uh, I've seen like some cool like music videos and things like that. Oh, wait, you thought that guy was really impersonating Trump and sounding like him? No, it was a voiceover. Damn. I saw a really good one with Morgan Freeman. I was like, this is not Morgan Freeman. And it was like a white guy like down there talking and Morgan <laughs> Freeman was up here and he was like, and he was doing everything. And I was like, wow, man. Because everybody wants to be Morgan Freeman. Yeah, because you sound like, you know, God voice and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a lot easier than you think. And nowadays with chat GPT, mm-hmm. it's even worse because... I'm sure you looked at chat GPT. It's been all over the news. Yeah, I'm trying to use so it right Essentially, now. the way to make it sound like you, mm-hmm. not the voice, but writing as you, it's like there's a couple of commands you can use. I can copy and paste some of the stuff you've written, mm-hmm. and then everything it'll write after that will write exactly like you. That's wild. It really is. I was playing with it today, and my wife was like, the crazy and it wrote amazing and she was like the craziest thing about this is i thought you wrote that and i was like good <laughs> trying to get my homework done <laughs> Not really, but kind of <laughs> yeah well man. if you look at them they played the double-edged sword you know they played they a little game theory there they created the app to write everything for you mm-hmm. and then i also did created the app to detect if ai wrote it for you wow yeah evil but it's so simple to scrub you can run it through you can run it through grammarly right after you have it write it through there grammarly will change it up nice. or you could go to quillbot and quillbot will change it up for you okay there it is man the keys to the kingdom the keys to the kingdom getting more time i feel like you know i feel like it's just another renaissance like when social media came out you know i kind of figured out i cracked the code quicker than you know others but you know or like when the internet came out, it's like whoever figured out how to use it first became kings in that like little boom. Then social media kind of thing, boom. And now AI is is stepping in and I'm like, well, how can I get this into my workflow? Like, how can I weaponize this? <laughs> you know? Um, it's, but it's already weaponized that most people don't realize. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny, you probably didn't even think about it when you talked about Bluetooth. Did you know about the Bluetooth hacks on cars? I heard something about it in a passive way, man. And, you know, but so there's a couple of different things. There's a couple of different things that they do. So BMWs are notorious for this. Okay. You could do BMW uh, Bluetooth. It's called Bluetooth snarfing. So basically you're picking up on when they press the button to the key to the car. All they have to do is press it up. Once it picks up their frequency, you can save it to your phone. Wow. And then now your phone can be used to open up the BMW. Wow. And it could also be used to start it. Now, the scarier part is some of these automobile manufacturers have also created apps to do the same thing for your phone. And guess what it takes to initiate it? Hmm. Uh, just type in your information and tie it to the VIN number. Wow. Where's the VIN number? It's in the app. No, where where can I get your VIN number? Oh, 
I'm sure you can get it online. It's sitting right there on your windshield. <laughs> it's sitting right there on your windshield. It is. It's like literally like right there, license plate, VIN number. <laughs> Jeez, man. No, no, you think of that and you're like, man, I, now how do I fix that? Easy. You just slip something in there. Some, some tape over that VIN number, man. Something. No, not even. You just stick a piece of paper from inside the car. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I mean, it's simple things like that, that, you know, everyone's like, well, what do I do to fix this? I mean, there's a lot of simple solutions, but then when you get the more advanced, if you're targeted, right. So say you pissed me off and I said, well, now I'm going to send somebody to pose as the valet for your car. And when they go to park your car, they plug something into the admin port in your car. That'll give me remote control access. It'll also allow me to track you at all times. Mm. And then you just you own that person's car. You own them. Right. Life. Just like if you're in an investigation, one little dirty trick I do, mm. I may fly a drone over and drop an air tag on your car, and the air tag may be named iPhone, and you think it's an iPhone triggering it. But it's really an air tag. It's in a Pelican little magnet underneath the car. Pelican makes magnets for them that you could pull up with a drone, little mini drones, fly them up, pop, and fly right out. <laughs> it's just too quick, man. Yeah, you guys. Oh, man. So, and then you're gone. And then, yeah. I mean, you didn't even have to get on, like, you didn't even have to expose yourself. But then, okay. but then, you know, the air tag points back at you, stuff like that, right? How does it point back to you? <laughs> you would think i mean serialized or anything like that serialized you pay you give a homeless guy cash and go, i'll give you an extra 10 bucks if you go pick these up for me in the apple store <laughs> oh man it's so good <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know i mean then your picture's not even caught on camera when you actually went and bought it bought it you know he's just thinking through the whole entire equation wow so the more tech the more vulnerability mm -hmm. It sounds like we're getting into. I call it technology without limits. Hmm. And the person who said it best, and I will always say this, hmm. is Harry Houdini. Really? Yes. What the eyes see and the ears hear, the mind believes. 100%. It's the premise for social engineering, deception, sales, and marketing. Also magic, of course. But Yeah. But you're all kind of... <laughs> They're all kind of related in some way. Pretty much. Man, what would you say is what makes these super yachts so vulnerable? So think of them as floating data centers. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's essentially what they are. All right. And what are people always doing on super yachts? Hanging, partying. Partying, taking pictures, checking their emails, posting stuff. Yeah. Well, if you're doing OSINT and you see them posting pictures from super yachts, you know who they are, you know their geolocation, all of that stuff. They take a picture of the name of the yacht, boom. You pop that into a tracing app, just like you saw what was happening with Elon Musk and his planes. Mm. You knew where the yacht was at all times. Okay. Now, guess what? I pop their social media account. I know their email address. I'll send them a link. They click on a link. It compromises their computer or the phone. Once it's there, then it has its way of moving around the whole network. Now, the danger of that is, guess what? There's two different things you have to think about. There's what's called IT and OT. Okay. Okay. 
sadly enough, they're not well separated on super yachts. Okay. But they interconnect. So if you don't know what you're doing, and this comes with the same thing on pen testing them, testing the security on them. If you don't know what you're doing, you hit the wrong device. It has bad consequences. So for instance, if you hit, say, the water ballast system, okay. it could possibly happen. You could sink the yacht. Maybe, yeah, they would lose balance, maybe. Jeez. Right. You, and the problem is, guess what? How many people do you think know cybersecurity on the boat? Nobody. No one's. Right. Now, I always like to look at next stage stuff. What do we see happening all the time? Ransomware, right? Yeah. Okay. We hear about it all the time. Hospitals all the time. Okay. Now, what would you do if I could do ransomware on your yacht or on your car? And say, guess what? I am not going to let you stop your car until you send me thousand bitcoin <laughs> jeez i mean i mean that's the reality of it because think of it how many times have you walked in your car and it syncs automatically to google play or apple airplay or whatever uh -huh. so if you could put ransomware on the phone you could then transfer it to the car or then you could do something and get it on the ship so anything that's interconnected via wi-fi or maybe even bluetooth can infect anything else it connects to. Pretty much. Okay. That's why they want us in electric cars. <laughs> I don't know. But uh I'm dude, I'm you're like, come on. Have you been have you been in Teslas? Yeah, I've been in Tesla. I may have a, you know, <laughs> I want to put a tin hat on. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been in a man. Everything's electric. Everything's interconnected. You know, it's, uh, and you're able to drive that car to keep that car running. Well, the interesting part is there's, a, so to give Elon some credit, he actually hired some really good hackers to focus on the security of those cars. Awesome. I mean, he had them working for him a while. Uh, interesting. The interesting part was when you watched him, you see, if you're not in, heavy in the tech, you didn't know the games he was playing. So when Apple was threatening him, yeah, remember to kick him off the App Store? Uh-huh. Uh, first thing he did was hire a guy named uh, George Hot. Yeah. Uh, his hacker handle was GeoHot. Guess what he was known for? Huh. Hacking Apple? Yeah, breaking iPhones. He stopped doing it for a while, so he hired the guy who actually jailbroke all the iPhones. So if you're going to ban me, well, I hired the guy that can break your phone. Yeah, it's awesome. But if you're not in the industry, you didn't know that. Yeah, that's interesting. So he basically he hired his own smoking gun. Like he hired, he got his hired gun. He got his muscle basically. No, actually, he volunteered to work for him as an intern for like twelve weeks. Wow. <laughs> And what's he doing today? Jeez. I mean, I always say, I mean, I always wonder if this guy is a freaking alien because he doesn't sleep. Yeah. He's running some of the most successful companies out there. Yeah. You know, SpaceX, you know, when you turn around and look at what he's built, in a way, it's, I'm not going to lie, in a way, it scares me, but in a way, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's awesome. The, the only thing that truly scares me is Microsoft's investment in, uh, Open AI mm. for chat GPT and everything else. 
because everyone's like, well, why does that scare you? I said, well, I look at it from a security perspective and a privacy perspective. So he, he will now have access. The AI platform will have access to everybody's office instance. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll have access to, remember I talked about personas, how you could change that in chat GPT. Yeah. Now imagine everybody that has office. They'll be able to read the context of them and mimic them. Okay, because what we did, one of the fun things we did, I even posted this to Twitter. Yeah. We created a love affair. We created two personas, Elon Musk and AOC. And we had it write a script for a love affair between the two of them. Yeah. And it did. Oh, it did. And it was hilarious. And then we started getting a little crazier with it. We modified it because there's a a protocol on there called Dan Uh on ChatGPT that eliminates all the filters okay and then we changed the whole script to aoc and alon in the script of 50 shades of gray oh my gosh (laughs) i'm sure that was crazy but yeah i mean it was crazy stuff like that i mean that's the problem with that with the ai room i think we have about 90 guys in there constantly globally going back and forth coming up with new ideas focusing on what to do the first one I did was I created one with Alex Jones in a conversation with Bernie Sanders. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I mean, what's funnier than taking the far right and far left and having them debate in a podcast? Right. I mean, lots of lots of yelling, <laughs> lots of big eyes, lots of yelling, man. Jeez. That's wild. Yeah. Um, hmm. So do you do any freelance stuff these days? Many. All the time. Awesome. Awesome. All the time. It's uh, it's an interesting world nowadays. Yeah. Things will never stop. I mean, they're just picking but, up speed. I mean, the, the running joke, the running joke was uh, you know, we met through my friend Big Frank. I've known Big Frank since 99. Wow. Okay. And he was known as Big Frank back then because he was over 600 pounds. Wow. Wow. Well, good thing he still made it. He's still here. No, dude, the guy had balls from steel. Yeah. Like, I remember I'm sitting I'm sitting home in my living room and I watched them on the news because he was uh, FDNY EMT. And I'm looking there and I see this big guy with two bulletproof vests on running across the street. He's in a shootout on Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn. Wait, so you said he was running across the street with two bulletproof vests. You saw him on the news. Frank, yeah, there was a big shootout on Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn. Yeah. So Frank was EMT and he was just he was always relentless ever since I've known him. Uh-huh. You know. So he's just running out there with two vests doing what he had to do. Wow. You know, everybody looks at Frank and thinks, figures out oh, what's he doing? I'm like, dude, the guy's got bowls of steel. Yeah, man. And then from an EMT perspective on details, I could tell you at least Four different people's lives I've watched them save at hacker conferences from ODing. Really? Yep. You guys party hard at these hacker conferences. Oh, they're they're relentless. I gotta go to some hacker conferences. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know the next ones that are in Vegas. You come out and have fun and you'll see. Oh man. I mean, they run 24-7. Wow. You guys just don't sleep. No, they end up in pool parties and you name it. Man, that's wild. 
Um, okay, good to go, man. Awesome. What would you say is uh but yeah, no, he 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 has always connected me, he has always looked out for me, and I've always had the most respect for him for sure, man. And and every time we're in a room, he brings someone over and and um you know makes introductions and so yeah, man, he's always been he's one of those guys I know is uh you know, I just know he's he's one of the guys that I've always respected. I haven't worked with him, but, you know, real recognized, real for sure. You know, and I've always. Oh, you, you should see him when he goes on uh, investigative details. So he has lots of fun with that one. Yeah, I bet, man. <laughs> it's, you can just tell, man, he can dig in. And you were saying he's relentless. So uh, I, I told him, I tease him all the time because I think it was only. It was like two years ago when I finally got him to shoot right because we were we figured out he was shooting wrong all the time. It's like okay. Frank, you're the worst shot on the world. I gave him my Emperor Scorpion. Yeah, I was like, oh, I love this thing. I'm actually shooting right. I'm like, dude, you always thought you used the opposite eye of what you're supposed to use. Oh, so he had the dominant eye thing. He was like, yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, whoever told you that? Yeah, yeah. I'm like. It- yeah, well, at least he figured it out, man. Well, geez, yeah, like, do you ever well, teach- like when we have the hacker competition? We, when we have the hacker conferences, we always have uh, an interesting shooting competition against federal agents. Okay, who wins an interesting shooting competition against federal agents? Uh, well, they pretty much lay out targets that yeah. they set up the targets, and you have to shoot what your hand is because it's not in Vegas. Okay. You have to shoot what your hand is. Yeah, so pretend you're playing poker and whatever you shoot is your hand. Okay, yeah. No, that's fun. That's kind of, I think they did that at the beginning of that SWAT movie. They were sitting there shooting those cards up on a hill, but it was like the snipers were kind of doing it. Yeah, I I don't have fun with it because they forced me to use a Glock and me and Glocks are not friends. They're too small for my hands. Okay, okay. I'm I'm a striker fire guy generally. Yeah, I'm a sick guy. Yeah, yeah. Those are kind of that's, all the way. that's the those are the two, you know. And then you got some you got some 1911 guys running around there, you know, somewhere too. Oh please, I laugh at my nephews. They carry I'm like, dude, you carry Smith and Wesson. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. You know, no way, man. That's 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 not me anyway. No. No. What do you, do you ever teach or anything like that? I used to teach a lot. So I was teaching back in the days when I was teaching hacking. Uh, I was teaching a bunch of federal agencies. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. The interesting part, I always I tease our good old friend Chris Story about it. I was like, dude, back in 2006, I'm sitting there like, why am I teaching Army Rangers how to hack? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and then after, after working with them for a while, yeah. then I understood. I was like, okay. They were actually pretty damn good too. I was shocked. Really? I was teaching over at first IO for a while. Okay. Back then. Yeah. So so it's an interesting journey. Yeah, man. So what are you looking to do these days? You know, because I know there's going to be people wanting to reach out to you. No, they can reach out to me, find me on LinkedIn, mention yeah. that you heard me on the show. Yeah. And then that's all you have to do. I mean, that's I'll see that they're connected to you. And I'll say, all right, I'll have a conversation. And I've been focusing a lot on high net worth individuals as well as a lot of other people. 
you know, people that like to keep things a little quiet, you know, sometimes, you know, I was even talked to Chris about the conference next year. If you want me to give some good examples, mm-hmm. like, uh, like say you're doing a home security. Yeah. Oh, wow. Listen to my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that we've done, we've flown, we've flown, uh, Wi-Fi intercepts and drop them on people's houses on the roof. And half the times our protection teams don't even realize it. Wow. Or like the home office, we'll fly a drone, pop it on with a magnet. We'll name it like we'll figure out whatever phone, like how I told you about the exit data. Yeah. We'll find yeah. out, okay, are they all on ATT or all the on Verizon? We'll find out the free hotspot names like that. Yeah. We'll post one there and we'll have them do intercepts and capture everything when they get connect to that Wi-Fi hotspot. Wow. It just seems almost so difficult to defend against things like this. You know? It's not. I mean, it's situational awareness. Know where you're connecting to. Mm-hmm. There's times you just don't connect to Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you're pl- do you, how do you connect on a Wi-Fi on a plane? Perfect example. Are you using just their Wi-Fi or are you on their Wi-Fi and using a VPN? Because mm-hmm. if you're connecting just there, I mean, you could pretty much do whatever. Or the same thing for a hotel. Are you connected to a hotel Wi-Fi or do you bring your own hotspots? Right. Hotspots, man. Best VPN? That's all up to you. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a quick run. All right, so one of the biggest problems we have is when people work from home, mm-hmm. okay? A lot of people have kids, and they're sitting there on video games. Video yeah. games get hacked all the time. Yeah, that's okay. right. The problem is when the game gets hacked, it gets onto your work network. Okay, so think of it like that. There's a couple, of, I can text you a couple of different ones to go with. Yeah. You know, and I always tell them to go with that, and... Pretty much set up the Wi-Fi, set up a VPN, and then segment the network. So you may want to put three in a house, okay? One will be just for the kids and their friends. The yeah. other one would be if you have any IoT devices, like you do home automation. Like some people do it for as a spoof, like make people think they're home. Okay. Like, uh, in other words, automated lights. I had one, one principal, what he did was he he had a projector to project moving people in the place when he wasn't there. Okay. For a security kind of. Right. Yeah. And then he would have the lights go on at different times every day and night and Mm -hmm. automate that process. Interesting. Okay. And then you can automate the blinds when they open, when they close, throws people off. What would be. Then you would have its own separate network right there. Okay. So you're and then your work network. So that that way, if someone compromises one, they don't get everything. Exactly. Okay. And everyone's I, like, I don't want to do that. It's too expensive. I'm like, open up an LLC and use it as a write-off. Yeah. Make and sure you have a trust for your kids. Put it under the trust. Yeah. I mean, especially if you have the risk, you know, like if you're one of those people, like that becomes much more, even, even much more of a concern. Interesting. So segment everything. Um, how do you know if someone is on to you or if they are on to your, you know, 
that's the problem. Half the times you don't know. Like the thing that makes me laugh are all the people that go and put up. Um, they just put up security cameras and know nothing about it. Yeah. They're essentially, it makes you vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's platforms out there like Shodan and Census that literally scan. Census scans the internet every day. So you, anything you grab from looking on that site, you'll see in, in, within a day of what what the latest changes are based on IP addresses. Uh, Shodan will actually tell you if they have cameras open at home or whatever. Could even be their ring doorbells. All right, if they're open, they can look off the cameras. Right. Okay. Now think of think of the problem like that. If you have a camera in your office, okay, you can watch the passwords people type. Okay. Also, because of what's called the 508 compliance, you know, the American Disabilities Act, mm-hmm. also a vulnerability because each key has to have a different tone. Think of it when you go to the ATM machine, you don't need to watch the person type the pin. You can listen to the tone of their pin. Wow. And then match up the audio later on to what? No, I mean, I, I've argued that point forever. I'm like, why don't you just put a little chip in the card that says, okay, this person is disabled. Okay, and then you turn the audio on. Then you mitigate probably about 60% of the risk, 70%. Because if there's no tone, then people can't hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of been my focus in, on finding new exploits all the time. Wow. Any crazy stories you can tell us before we wrap this up of things that you may have seen out there? I've seen lots of things. I know. <laughs> I'm like, he's bragging. He's like, yeah, like thinking, you know. All right. I'll give you I'll give you one on context analysis. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're tasked with a mission. Yeah. And if you don't focus on what the context is, is also a huge problem. So I was tasked with doing um a red team assessment on a Bible Institute. Okay. And I'll leave it at that. Now, the problem was I wasn't too contextually aware. Mm -hmm. I knew what it was. But when we're doing our social engineering stuff, I'm doing the standard financials, porn, everything else. Things that people always put in their computer. Guess what? Mm. Not one person put it in their computer. They all turned it in. What do you mean? I mean, normally people would have any other college that would have plugged this stuff in there. They did. They turned it and said, hey, we found this. <laughs> so they wouldn't you couldn't penetrate because not through that, not through that particular thing. And then when me and my counterpart at the time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like what do we do wrong, Ryan? He's like. I think we should have put like religious music. CDs yeah, 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 yeah. You had to put like something, something religious in there, man. Like, I don't know. Right. And I'm like, that, that's when it comes down to the contextual analysis. Where are we? What are we doing? What's the mission? Yeah. Because I got in trouble on that one because yeah. they had a radio station. Mm. I hacked the radio station and all of a sudden on the dashboards of like over 2 million people. Oh, no. You know how it plays, it tells you who the song that's up? Yeah. Yeah, well, it said you've been hacked on their dashboards of the car. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Yep. And, and then someone's calling you up like, Tom, 
Seriously, man. No, that's exactly what happened. When Chris gave me a call, I was like, oh. Oh, fix it. He's like, he's like Tom, I got, I got bad news for you. What happened? I'm yeah. like, because I just got my ass reamed. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Like, well, they didn't say it was, wasn't in scope. Yeah, well, yeah, you didn't give me my left, right, lateral limits, man, you know? And then, but that's the whole thing, too. I mean, you have to know what's in scope, what's out of scope, because when it comes to this stuff, there's always a reason for it. Like the super yacht stuff, Yeah. the interesting part about it is when they're beyond, what is it, 50 meters. 50 meters, they have to have these assessments on anything bigger. Yeah. Because cybersecurity insurance, they have to have on them. Mm-hmm. So everything's done for cybersecurity insurance. So if it's hacked, what, what can be the implications? And then as I'm getting into it, I'm also finding out, I'm like, well, who's really hacking them in real time? Not just as a exercise. Yeah, there's certain regions even close to the US where it's happening. Keyword close to the US. Mm-hmm. Certain cartels may be hacking super yachts. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Gnarly. Because you know, you got the some of the some of the bigger boys, you got the primary yacht, and then you got the support yacht. Right. And the support yacht has all the toys. Yep. All the boys and all the toys. The primary yacht's kind of a limo. <laughs> so wow, that's wild, man. Well, this has been quite informative. I'm trying not to have nightmares tonight, but I'm going to give you a call. We, I'm going I'm to hit you up about a few things we got going on for sure. No, uh, definitely. I'm sure we can find ways to work together. Absolutely, man. You guys yeah, have to well, Like your type of clientele, mm-hmm. I've had cases where there's stalkers on their kids. Oh, yeah. And their kids are like teenagers or in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's our industry. That's a slow Tuesday, man. I'm sure someone listening to this is dealing with that right now. Or even the, you know, like the one of the more complicated things that we run into is just figuring out who's making the comments behind the fake profile on, on social media. You know, it's um, mm-hmm. not a lot of guys can really just figure out who that is or find that information. Well, that, that comes down to two things. One of two things. It's either... You have to social engineer them, yeah. or you have to have somebody that works on the inside. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what it really boils down to. I mean, but sometimes people do leave interesting bread trails. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I've had a couple of interesting. When I was going to send you some of the videos of stuff that happened, yeah. <laughs> We, we, we have an old one of a raid that actually happened because a guy is dumb enough to be sitting there talking on a camera mm-hmm. with a bunch of people. And we knew he was wanted by the bureau. Yeah. I'm like, are you freaking stupid? You're sitting on the video app. You're getting they're seeing the whole background of your room. And then right in the middle of it. This is the funny part. Right in the middle of it. His girlfriend closes the laptop as you hear the, the raid going down. Oh no! Everybody's like, "Oh, she's the freaking informant." Yeah. Jeez, man, that's wild. But yeah, no, a hundred percent, man. The digital realm, one learning how to behave and then safeguard these things. 
um, from our end. And then two, just, you know, being able to run kind of offensive ops. And then three, we want to, you know, guys, especially I see this as a, a very largely residential or, you know, the sock or whatever's task is just trying to look at things, you know, client's going to be at this event. Let's run some OSIN out there. Let's try and get some Intel. Let's try and understand the ground before the guys get out there, try to yeah. build bolos and, and profiles and uh, all those different things, you know? So there's a lot to do. There's a lot of ways this touches executive protection for sure. Yeah. Um, like some of the stuff I've seen them do is they just like the principals, they tell them don't have an account. I'm like, that's the worst thing to do. Hmm. Because then guess what? Somebody takes it over and believes it's them. Yeah. Like I'm watching like dominate that space. You know who I see getting a, you know who I see getting a lot of fakes right now? Oh yeah. I'm trying to impersonate him, Tim Kennedy. Really? Yeah. Like if you're to go on Instagram right now, he's dealing a lot with that. Like deep fakes, like hi, I'm Tim Kennedy by myself. No, they're, they're not or doing like, deep fakes. They're just cloning his account. Cloning his account. And, and then pretending he's him and then using phishing scams for that so what they'll do is they'll create a bunch of fake accounts yeah and then they'll take over your account they love targeting influencers uh -huh. okay and they'll say here i need you to help me with this and they'll tell you to click a link yeah the link that they'll ship you is actually your password reset yep. and they'll get alerted as soon as you click the link and they change your password and take over your account that fast Dude, I don't click over on nothing in my DMs. I don't click. I literally, I, I'm always like, yo, send me a picture of you doing this. I need proof of life before I click on anything. And I get a lot of text messages in a day where people are like, hey, click on this. Your phone or your, your, your phone service needs to be reset. You need to click on this link. I'm like, nah, man, not doing it. Let it let my phone right. service expire. You can just know and and it, but it's happening so much. Like I get a lot of them. And I think a lot of people get them. And then your buddy starts sending you weird DMs where they're like, hey man, I got this competition I'm doing. Just click the link. Or or the one that almost got me was the hey man, I made this video about you. You click on, click on it and see if you like it. And I'm like, oh wow, this is interesting. And I right before I clicked on it. Because you, you know, know what I always do? I always say remember where we met. Yeah. And then they just don't respond. They're gone. Right. Remember where we met. That's always that's always the dead giveaway. Or on LinkedIn is the other famous one. Yes. So if something is suspicious, the first thing I'll do is I'll automatically message them. Hmm. Okay, I won't click on a link. I'll automatically message them saying, have an awesome day and say their name. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because people will change their profiles. So if you've already sent the message to that person under one name, you'll pick up the next if they've changed the name later. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you're leaving yourself bread breadcrumbs. Right. Mm -hmm. Good stuff, man. Awesome. Well, we're it's the, it's the old game of always being nice. It's like I had one friend that taught me a long time ago. He's like, you know what? Treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO. 100%. Okay? And That's it gets you every time. <laughs> Absolutely. When yep. you never know who's going to come in and, and shoot the office up either. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm nice to everybody, man. Anybody can kill you. No, that's good, man. What would you say is the hardest lesson you've learned in this realm, in this world? The hardest lesson, don't be an arrogant asshole. 
Yeah. And they treat everybody with respect because the biggest problem in my world, cybersecurity side, yeah, we get a bit arrogant. Yeah, because you're smarter than everybody. You got a complex sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes that comes back to bite you in the ass. I mean, I've done it. You know, yeah. <laughs> there was a time it's like, you know what? You pissed me off. Yeah. Boom. I had one guy, I told him, don't take a picture of me. Yeah. And he did anyway. I sent him an email from his girlfriend. He clicked on a link that wiped out his whole phone. (laughs) Oh, man, that could give you a guy complex. That felt good, me just listening to it. (laughs) That's reality. And then sometimes you'll have fun. I had this one guy believe in. I was spoofing calls. I had him believe in he was going to get a job at the White House. Oh, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Golly. We, we did it for about two days. Yeah. Like, there's three of us sitting in a room the whole time. Mm-hmm. And we had him believe and he was going to get a job at the White House. We told him he contacted his college professor and he could go ask his college professor. <laughs> yeah, but the, but that's the whole thing. I mean. <laughs> You're like, don't do that. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just tell everybody, always be situationally aware. Always, always, truthfully, I tell everybody, always Google everybody. Always Google everybody. Right, plain and simple. I did that as an experiment in my clubhouse room. Mm-hmm. Because I had all, you know, I had all these ladies wooing over this guy. I'm like, not one of you Googled him, did you? Like, no, why? I said, you would have seen he was arrested for trafficking women through freaking Craigslist. <laughs> yeah okay google everyone and, and that's what i tell everybody i mean i talk to people and do background checks on them in real time yeah 100 percent. it's gotta happen man definitely yeah i've seen that one. <laughs> because dude they are some seriously good bullshit artists out there there are man i'm a follow backstory dude were you ever on clubhouse like the app the clubhouse app yeah yeah Dude, I I found so many BS artists on there. I'm about to. He's real. He's real. His company went IPO. I'm like, dude, did you look up his company? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I said he owns ninety percent of the company. Nobody goes IPO and owns ninety percent, and his friends own the other ten percent. Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh, I I'm very vulnerable to these types because I'm a genuine guy. So my buddy, I've got another buddy who's a pessimist and he's always like, you believe this guy? I'm like, who are you? Who just lies about things? And sure enough, man, <laughs> and sure enough, I've learned some hard lessons, man, because I just don't lie. Like, I don't, I mean, I just don't see the reason, you know, um, but some people there are, you're right, man. There's some good artists out there. What would you say is um proudest moment that you've had in this line of work? Proudest moment. There's been a lot. Okay. So when I first got heavy into the industry, mm-hmm. um, they have what's called CVEs. Okay. So that means vulnerabilities you publish that got recognized. I did about seven of them. And then I had one where you recognize vulnerabilities and then you published them kind of to help people. Right. You publish them so that they can go fix the problem. Yeah. Okay. And everybody's then alerted. So I had about seven of those. And then I, there was one, two, three, four, five. I found one exploit in seven different banks. 
that I could repeat every time for over three years when I was doing pen tests because it took the software company three years to fix the problem. Wow. So they were people who were just vulnerable for three. They, they, they had to take that as a risk, but the, these banks were big enough to where they put the chokehold on this company. They said, you use the fixer problem or all your products are out of here. Mm. Wow. You know, and that's kind of sometimes a game you have to play. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And then I think lately, I would say over the past, over the past 10 years, is like really being a mentor to a lot of people and then watching how they succeed. Yep. Yeah, you know, literally. I mean, because my biggest pet peeve, I hate the, I hate the, you know, I, I look at your classes. I'm like, man, when I was at the conference, I'm like, dude, I could take seven of these classes for the cost of one cybersecurity class. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. They go from seven to 10 grand a piece. Wow. Okay. I'm like, like, that's the reality of it. So, I mean, and then if you looked at the combined solution, like who was that guy who held a really good driving class? So there's a guy who, who uses, holds a lot of really good driving classes. Mm-hmm. And you sit there and you say, well, what if I hack the car he's driving? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you prepare for that? In your case where you're doing, you know, you're, you're doing multi-cars. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. What happens when somebody rolls up on you with a jammer? How do you prepare for that? And just like turns the car into a paperweight. Like, all your comms are gone. Ease the car, basically. All, 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 all frequently. Pretty much radios are out, phones are out. What do you do? Oh, I mean, but the car is still running or no? The car is still running. Okay. You just have no comms back and forth. Yeah. So then it creates chaos. People can't think straight. What do we do? What are they doing up there? What's going on back here? Yeah. It also kills your GPS, too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so a scenario like that, you know, this, these are the games that hackers will play. Outstanding. Yeah, man. That's gnarly. I mean, the GPS thing is, that's like shutting someone's lights off these days. I mean, it's like, I mean, no one knows where they're going without their GPS. No. And then what if they hack their traffic lights? Yeah. People will die. Literally, it's like natural selection when it rains, let alone the traffic lights. <laughs> well, I'm saying on your detail, you think you're rolling up and then they automatically turn on a red light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we did this scenario in my clubhouse room. Mm-hmm. We did what's called a canary token. We had somebody click on it. Okay. They clicked on it. They gave us their exact geolocation from clicking on a link. Okay. And then they tracked them in real time because once they clicked on it, they left the app open. Okay. It was giving us a real time. From that, we got to the API on the bus they were on in New York City. Yeah. We knew where the bus was. We were able to pop a camera and take a picture of them right where they were. Wow. I've seen I've seen the things people can do, man. I mean, and I see in another, I mean, pattern of life tracking even. Oh, um, dude. <laughs> I have two guys for that. Yeah, man. Like, it's interesting. It's interesting. Everybody forgets that's marketing data. I mean, wasn't it in the 80s when Target was getting sued for figuring out chicks were pregnant for their parents before telling their parents and like sending the wrong ads in the mail? And I was like, man, if they could do that in the 80s, you know, 
who only God knows what the, these these uh, credit card. Well, over, I don't know how it is over there. Over here, everybody with their Easy Pass, their you know to pay their tolls. Yeah, yeah. I have them all over downtown Manhattan and all over the beaches. They'll tell you where they are. And it's not you're not getting charged for it. It's just for tracking where you are in your movements. Yeah. So, uh, so it's just like figure out what tech they have on, and then figure out how you can get into those systems, maybe. And uh, that's wild, man. Uh, okay, so we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> I know. I know. Rabbit it's almost my bedtime. Yeah, man. The rabbit hole's getting deeper. You're, you're ahead of me, man. So I know. Um, it's Twenty like, to twelve here. Hackers don't sleep. Thank you, but thanks for spending time with us. Uh, real quick, as we leave, favorite quote mantra. I already told you my favorite quote. Yeah. But the eyes see and the ears hear, the mind believes. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, that's a good one, man. Um, a habit that you... Or, or should I say Admiral McRaven also. Hmm. If you can't do the small things right, how do you expect to do the big things? Yep. 100%. Absolutely. Everything matters, man. No, that's a good one. That's a good I, one. I don't use his bed quote because usually it's somebody else sleeping in the bed. About making your bed. Make your own bed. Yeah, make your bed every day. Yeah. There's always somebody else sleeping. <laughs> what would you say is a good habit for people to look at or integrate in their lives that'll either keep them safe or help them be better people? Truthfully, just be nice to everyone. You'd be shocked as to what that does. Yeah. It's I always look at it. Yeah. How did you arrive at this? Because you were like, you know, hackers kind of have God can get God complex, which I completely understand. And then the uh, you're like, be nice, be respectful. How did you arrive at these conclusions? In my opinion, they're extremely valuable. Like my life has been legitimately blessed by these same principles and values. But is this something you figured out or was there an experience that was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to like. No, there was a couple of them. There was yeah. a couple. Of them. I mean, essentially. There was a point in my life, you know, good old hacker world, you're cruising around your Mercedes, you're going out to all the clubs with all your, your whole little entourage and all yeah. that. And then it's like, I think the reality check happened in like 2008 when everything just disappears for a while, mm. you know? And it's like, wow. And then it's like, you know what? Now I have to fend on my own, you know? And then you go and start your own business and, the pains of the business and sometimes you aren't the nicest people to some people. Yeah. So maybe you didn't get that deal, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and just avoid all the BS, you know, right. you know, it's like now, now we're in a phase where the thing that drives me nuts, I wish sometimes we were back in the eighties mm -hmm. because right now it's such a political divide on this planet. Right. It, I wouldn't say on the planet, I'd say in this country. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're judged by some of your beliefs. It's like, it's annoying. Yeah. You know, I say the eighties because everybody was a bit more centrist and they got along a lot easier. Mm. And that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Eighties are interesting, man. I remember trying to do, um, just wanted to do a post on like crime statistics and how much more dangerous the world has gotten. I started looking up FBI crime statistics and it was like way more dangerous in the eighties than it was uh like was it like 2000 and you know whatever when i was looking at it and i was like 
right before COVID or a year or two before COVID. And I was like, geez, you know, you, you feel like the world's getting smaller, but the eighties was an interesting time. I, I should send you the Google maps of all the gangs that were in the area where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I literally had, I think the first time I saw somebody killed, I was 11. Really? Yeah. Axe in the back of the head. Wow. That's aggressive. Yeah, that's like, it's like man stuff. You, you know, these days, he's, you know, <laughs> these days I see some of these criminals in these videos I get sent. Like there's one this morning and I was like, this guy's so goofy. Like he's not even a good criminal. Like the woman screamed, scared him away. Like I was just like, it was like, it was embarrassing for like criminals out there, you know. Yeah. Look up look up Sunset Park in the 70s and 80s in Brooklyn, New York. Sunset Park, Brooklyn, New York in the 70s and 80s, huh? Yep. Google Google has a map of it. I had a yeah. gang that lived up the block from me called La Familia. And then we had other groups like the Dirty Ones and the Assassinators. <laughs> the Assassinators. I haven't heard of yep. the Dirty Ones. I think the Dirty Ones right now, I think they're an MC right now. Okay, they're still around though, huh? Uh-huh. Interesting. Then when I got out of the Navy and I get into the bouncing, then I had to deal with when I have to deal. Oh, that was a whole different world. I get out of the Navy, I'm dealing with uh the pagans and the hell's angels getting okay. into their fights. And then the, the another one called the breed. The it's breed. like, oh boy. Breed. <laughs> That's a cool name. I kind of like that. The breed, yeah, I can take it anyways. I'm sure. Yeah, except the one guy, except the one guy, Thumper. Yeah. The guy was in jail because he had like a bunch of sex slave chains up in his basement. Oh, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. (laughs) Jeez, man. Gnarly. Well, at the end of the day, the end of the day, when it's all said and done, Tom, last question. um, What's it all for, man? How do you want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? So I've always looked at that as like, you know what? I'll find a way to become a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to create my own academy for their shit. Yeah. Like I, I focused on building out this nonprofit called Green Team. Okay. Those people in the military will figure that one out right away. It's basically your acceptance of, okay, am I going to be, am I going to pass this to get accepted into being the best of the best? Mm-hmm. All right. And I essentially, from a DEI perspective, the way I was going to handle it is, one, you have to earn your spot. Once you earn your spot, you're all paid the same. Hmm. Okay, you're all paid the same base salary. And then after that base salary, if you if you accelerate on a quarterly basis, you'll be judged, not on an annual basis, quarterly. You have the potential to double your pay. That's so that's it. based on your drive and your motivation. That's it. I got a lot of that. <laughs> wow. Because on um, both sides of the team, how many de- how much dead weight have we both seen? Oh, it's ridiculous. Or how many copycats that run off with other people's ideas? Yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. God bless them. You know. Yep. But the thing with the copycats is, man, if they they can only they're not original. So it's like by the time they take your idea, it's like, okay, well. That was one of like seven things. That was one step, you know. You know, you you're if you're the creator, you can create. I found creativity is is a gift, it's a superpower. Yep, hundred percent. 
Well, that's awesome, man. I love it. I love that you have that mission that you want to be powerful and good. Um, I posted about that the other day when I saw those kids from the earthquake, which I saw those kids from the earthquake. And I was kind of like, you know, you know, these kids are out here struggling and people are dying in these Middle East countries that just got rocked by this earthquake. I'm like, what a motivator to just try to be a powerful, formidable, good human. You know, like the world needs good people to be like, I love that you're like, I operate in the gray. You know, I, I talk about, you know, like, yes, there are sheep dogs and, you know, and all those things. But sometimes I think, you know, there's other things like wolves that just want to hunt other wolves. You know, there's lions out there. Like, <laughs> You know, there's. Well, I always remind people when you do, when you are a mentor to somebody or you help them elevate, yeah. be prepared because there's always going to be one of them that goes to turn their back on you and try to make you look bad. Oh yeah. There's always a Judas, you know, always when you've helped enough. So no, that's awesome, man. I think I'm so happy that we got you on this side of things, man. It's, it's, it's an honor. Absolutely. Wow. Um, this was awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Hey, it's an honor. Where can people find you brother before we wrap this up? So right now you can literally find me on LinkedIn. Just look up Tom Ryan. You'll see asymmetric response on there. Site will be launching relatively shortly. Right now, the reason why it is to delay is who delays everything? Lawyers. Um, it's basically getting the contracts in place. When you see who the advisory board is, mm -hmm. you're going to be like, wow, now I know why it took a while. So I may have some... I may have a former CFO of a financial company, a current CIO of a cybersecurity company, somebody heavy into the gaming industry, aka casinos. I may have somebody who's uh, who runs a security for a major sports brand. Hmm. I may have somebody from, you know, a private equity firm as well. You know, and then you can kind of get the gist. So it's going to be specifically targeted based on the industry industries that I care about. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be like every other cybersecurity company out there and offer you the world. Yeah. You know, I, I, I always like to say, think of it like a, um, a cyber JSOC. Okay. okay. So you're going to have, I'm not going to be the one who does everything. I'll do the offensive yeah. stuff, right. but I will have partners that do, you know, the defensive side. I will have partners that do this. It's going to be everybody who has their own specialty. Good. So, I will just bring you to the partner that can handle that, you know, because I don't believe in the, the you know, I'm going to offer you everything and do it with cheap labor because I'm not yeah. going to be the guy who does it with cheap labor. Yeah. It's plain and simple. Mm -hmm. You want it fast and good? You know, you get this. You want this good? Do you want this, you know, done right and good? You know, and, and if you want it that way, you're going to pay for it. If you want it cheap, well, then I'm going to have you do it with like the interns because yeah. I'm not going to yeah 100 you guys have yeah you guys have earned your stuff man that's awesome i'm excited keep us in the loop man and send us all the links so we can throw them in the show notes my man yep and then when i'm done i'll even start my own podcast or even have a name picked out yeah hit me yeah. up man. I'll, I'll at least i'll be called I'll, exploited exploited oh man that sounds good that's i already have, i already have a, well, a very well-known activist lined up I have a former Russian spy. I may have a current couple of former American spies. Wow. So I'm just gonna, it's not gonna be all cyber. It's just gonna be security in general. Yeah. And focusing on everything that goes on. Wow. 
everything that goes on exploited. This sounds awesome, man. Yeah, hey, help out any way I can. It is an yeah, I should be a, I should be an idiot and release it on the Ides of March. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Have a great one. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you for your time. Talk to you later. Yo, ladies and gents. Little cheat code, the latest and greatest. Don't hate us because you ain't are not us. Anyways, check it out. My C-A-M-C-K is a great tool to make any weapon that you have sitting in your safe woo, into much more formidable tool, right? Multiple points of contact, throw a right on optic on the top. Uh, you got a little light there. You got thumb rests. You can adjust them to fit your so if you haven't seen them, check out CAA MCK. Take those pistols you have in your safe to the next level. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions.